What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 131 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Do You Believe in Q After Trump episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. After years of being asked, what's next for QAnon by everyone he encounters, Travis View has finally cracked. Armed with a DSLR and wired to the gills with recording equipment, he set out on a cross-country trip to visit every single city in every single state in America to find out exactly what every single person is saying about QAnon and what might be next for the conspiracy theory. Now, unfortunately for this ambitious project, Travis was immediately waylaid in his very own state and has only reached one actual location so far, Ventura, California. When people on Twitter started warning me that Travis was in a vulnerable state, muttering questions to pedestrians near Ventura Beach, I quickly pinged his control device and rerouted him to a nearby event. The Partners Against Corruption one-year anniversary Ventura Promenade Park Celebration Fest. Labeled as the quote, last call to recall the most corrupt governor in America, the event was nominally organized to encourage the removal of California Governor Gavin Newsom. In attendance, though, was the famous Judy Mikovits of Plandemic fame, who would guarantee a decent density of non-masked people for Travis to come into contact with. Now, I usually like assets to complete their mission, but there has been a real feeling at the QAA headquarters that perhaps Travis T-Bird view had become a liability. We decided to send him into the field and just sort of play it by ear. But before all that, QAnon news. First up, Facebook ignored warnings from internal teams about QAnon, according to a report. So uh, BuzzFeed recently published a report by Ryan Mack and Craig Silverman that I highly recommend reading. It explains the many ways that Facebook undermined its own policies in order to allow extremists and uh, conspiracists on the platform. For example, in April of 2019, Facebook was preparing to ban Alex Jones and uh, people who promoted his content. But then CEO Mark Zuckerberg personally intervened. Facebook found that Jones was relentlessly spreading hate against various groups, including Muslims and trans people. That behavior qualified him for expulsion from the social network under the company's policies for dangerous individuals and organizations, which required Facebook to also remove any content that expressed praise or support for them. But Zuckerberg didn't consider Alex Jones to be a hate figure. He just just personally thought, no. He's cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, actually, he's fine. I mean, this is so funny because you can't even fucking defend him by saying that it's about uh, freedom of speech because he didn't consider he, he didn't say, oh, it's wrong to take someone off the platform. He said, no, 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 he just doesn't meet the guidelines to for someone that needs to be taken off the platform, which is amazing. He's not a good guy in anybody's book. Right. Or even worse, he, he basically already met the guidelines. They had guidelines. They had set a policy. They had set rules internally. Wow. And Zuckerberg right. was like, oh, nah. Just, Zuckerberg was like, how can I watch it every morning then? Right, you're right. Uh, it's like we this is something we've seen repeatedly all the way back from like 2016 when uh, when uh, when uh, Trump was violating their policies uh, against hate speech for uh, basically targeting Muslims and stuff. Uh, Zuckerberg made an exception just for Trump on the basis of newsworthiness, so he argued. So these exceptions for for hate speech has been sort of have been made over and over and over again. For, for Trump and other figures, other conspiracists. In reference to the incident about Alex Jones, one former Facebook employee was quoted as saying this. That was the first time I experienced having to create a new category of policy to fit what Zuckerberg wanted. 
It's somewhat demoralizing when we have established a policy and it's gone through rigorous cycles. Like, what the fuck is that for? It seems weird because there's stuff like Palestine, like Palestinian rights that seem to be cracked down on all the time. No new categories created by Mark for those. No looking into why there might be like, you know, a crackdown on free speech around issues like that that actually fucking matter, by the way. It's like, no, 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 I, I, I just absolutely need to see frazzle drip in my morning feed. Since the November vote, at least six Facebook employees have resigned with farewell posts that have called out the leadership's failure to heed its own experts on misinformation and hate speech. In August of last year, one Facebook researcher complained that the company was slow to act even when they recognized that extremism was a problem on their platform. Here's what he said. We've known for over a year now that our recommendation systems can very quickly lead users down the path to conspiracy theories and groups. In the meantime, the fringe group slash set of beliefs has grown to national prominence with QAnon congressional candidates and QAnon hashtags and groups trending in the mainstream. We were willing to act only after things had spiraled into a dire state. Again, the, the whole article is great. It specifically names Joel Kaplan, the vice president of global public policy, as someone who has really run interference for these these groups. But yeah, it's just astonishing the, the multitude of failures <laughs> that have allowed hate speech to grow allowed QAnon to grow, that allowed, uh, you know, the, this platform to radicalize people that we know over and over again for years, and they just didn't give a shit for some reason. They've built these platforms, you know, with the idea of keeping people on it, and it doesn't matter what the thing is. You know, as, no. as, as younger people slowly migrate away from Facebook, they need stuff on there that's going to keep, your, you know, your older generations uh, still, you know, buying those, uh, you know, buying those badges and getting Facebook coins. I don't even yeah. know how no, it fucking but like, works. But. Much like gerrymandering, the Electoral College and all this stuff has rendered a country that is ruled by a minority that doesn't agree with the, the general uh, populace. Same thing with Facebook. For my next story. Snow is fake conspiracy theory spreads on TikTok. So Texas is currently trying to recover from uh, devastating winter storms that caused pipes to burst, roofs to collapse, and power to go out. But as soon as the power came back, some Texans got right to work spreading conspiracy theories. The most popular one, or at least one of the popular ones, was the claim that snow that was on the ground was not real snow. Mm -hmm. They claimed it was some sort of synthetic material, possibly yeah. from Bill Gates, they thought. Um, as evidence of this, uh, people, well, they held lighters to ice balls and trying to like light it on fire. And they noted that it wasn't dripping. And sometimes it even appeared to like blacken at points. Mm. Thank you, Bill Gates, for trying to fucking trick us that this is real snow. Christ. You'll see, it's not melting. The hell? And it's going to burn. <laughs> snow don't burn. It's not snow burning. fucking melts. No water, no dripping, no nothing. If I put this shit in the microwave, it's going to start sparking because there's metal mixed in it. So you see that? No way. No melting. It gets harder. Try it again. It's not melting. It's not water. It's just burning. Put it closer. What the hell? So good. Let's just all relive like science, but with no teacher. Let's just do science class for six-year-olds with no teacher now. Why would you? Why do you need a teacher when you can turn on your mm -hmm. Instagram and uh, have a lecture right there? Incredible. You know, direct, direct to consumer. Honey, hold the camera while I try to burn this fucking snowball. So We're doing I, fine. 
Our brains are fine. So apparently, the lack of dripping is due to the process of sublimation, in which the solid water is uh, turning straight into water vapor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the blackening that that they notice is from the fuel in the lighter. So this mm-hmm. is, re- I mean, this is really interesting. That that I, I like, if I ever encountered something that I didn't understand, like yeah. and how ice behaved, I'd be like, "Oh, there must be some sort of scientific principle here that's operating yeah. that I personally don't understand." But they they see it and they say, "I've uncovered a conspiracy." Thank from you, Bill Gates. What doesn't even make any sense. Thank so you. Wait, there's an ice-like substance that's covered Texas that is somehow to freeze them. To freeze them. To but freeze patriots. The free the freezing pa- patriots. He's freezing patriots because he needs a new like lo- like lawn statue like set, and he's like, "Well, I've picked the Texans. I need I need some gallon hats. <laughs> I <laughs> I've done some research. There's a movie that came out in the early." <laughs> called Day After Tomorrow, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> in the film, uh, people freeze instantly. Yeah. Uh, What's doing it is the fact that it's not just an ice storm; it's like an ice disaster. You know, it's yes. like it's, it's causing chaos, yeah. and they can't just they can't they can't stand the fact that they're living in a world in which the weather you know uh, changes dramatically and ruins their day. So there has to be some sort of evil behind yeah. it. Also, they're missing the link of the uh, of of global warming because they don't believe right. in that either. So there probably is a good way to link like what Bill Gates does on a global scale <laughs> with all his companies to global warming to the fucking ice that you're experiencing in your backyard. But it is not holding a cheap Bic lighter to it while your husband like fumbles with the camera. (laughs) Now, interestingly, so this is not the first time this particular conspiracy theory has popped up. Apparently, back in 2014, Mm -hmm. people were uploading uh, to YouTube videos of themselves trying to light ice balls on fire. Yeah. Uh, So, so this is, uh, this is, you know, uh, Pre-Q, some some people were claiming that this uh, this was uh, stemmed from QAnon. It was an extension of QAnon, mm-hmm. or this, these people were brainwashed. No, these people were just the, just Americans who uh, were just uh, terrified of yeah. uh, random, cruel, indifferent nature. For my next story, nearly five thousand National Guard troops stay in D.C. because of QAnon-promoted conspiracy theories. So what's what's happening now is that nearly uh, five thousand yeah. uh, troops are going to stay in D.C. through March twelfth, due in part to concerns about potential violence stemming from online chatter, basically, and QAnon supporters. So you're saying QAnon is now a job creator? <laughs> okay. Specifically, they're concerned about the theory that Donald Trump uh, could still be inaugurated on March 4th. Now, this is according to uh, the top Democrat on the House Armed Services Committee. So Representative Adam Smith, the, the panel's chairman, explained this during a hearing with defense officials. So he, here's what he said. Some of these people have figured out that apparently 75 years ago, the president used to be inaugurated on March 4th. Okay, now why that's relevant? God knows. At any rate, they are thinking maybe we should gather again and storm the Capitol on March 4th. That is circulating online. Stuff like that circulates all the time. Does it mean it's going to happen? Probably not. But if you want to help, tell them not to do that. Tell them that the election is over. Joe Biden won. It was a free and fair election, and let's get to work. That, too, would help reduce the, well, I don't know, fear-slash-paranoia that people feel that requires everything that we're seeing around here. It is disheartening that, like, yeah, yeah, I suppose QAnon is now job creators because their delusional fantasies and the stuff that they say on Acoon is now causing the actual U.S. military to react to them. Yeah, they control the hotel prices, too, now. Yeah, right. We're heading towards a shadow presidency. Where somehow (laughs) national security is going to rely upon figuring out what the hell is going on in the fantasies of online conspiracists. 
Total Recall Gavin Newsom. A lot of researchers and journalists are trying to figure out what QAnon looks like in the post-Trump era. So I was really excited when I heard about this event because it was my first opportunity to attend a gathering of QAnon followers uh, under the Biden administration. It was a bright, windy day on February 20th in Ventura, California. The pilled crowd gathered on a grassy beachside park. A rented flatbed truck served as both a bandstand and a speaker's podium. Surfers in wetsuits walking back to their cars with boards in their hands glanced at the gathering, confused. Around the perimeter of the park, some people set up tables and tents, hoping to extract money and signatures. There were two merchandise tents, both of which sold QAnon gear. A couple of people sold their pro-Trump books. People lined up at the booth to sign the petition to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. There was even a table that invited people to join the Libertarian Party. One of these merchandise tables sold uh, front yard signs with a pro-QAnon message. It said, In this house, we believe Biden stole the election. Hillary belongs in prison. Epstein didn't kill himself. Climate change is a hoax. Q. And all lives matter. So, yeah, this is fantastic. It's like live, laugh, love, but make it menacing and, and conspiratorial. To be clear, it's in the it's in the same colors as those signs usually are. Like oh, yeah. make up the LGBTQ flag, which people online were kind of saying, oh, well, isn't that it's like, no, 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 they're fine with that. Like Q people believe that they're fine with gay people. They believe that they're fine with people of all races. A lot of them can't really decode their own belief system enough to understand the repercussions it might have on the people around them. Right. But but, uh, you know, there was even a speaker who talked about uh, like accepting trans people multiple times on stage like an ex-marine who was doing wearing a 1776 forever t-shirt i mean uh, yeah these signs by the way they were sold i witnessed yeah. personally witnessed you several are, yeah. people paying money wow. and walking away with them to be planted in some front yard i mean yeah. it's incredible <laughs> let's take a look at a couple of these statements hillary belongs in prison <clears throat> next epstein didn't kill himself and really no comment on the others because they're uh, obviously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when I arrived, I browsed some of the merchandise at the tables and overheard a man promoting a bunch of conspiracy theories that were inspired by sovereign citizen beliefs. He claimed that a new declaration of independence was signed. And, and he also claimed that Joe Biden isn't the legitimate president and that actually Biden is being filmed at a fake White House in Hollywood. Trump signed it. So they've done a new declaration of independence. The bankruptcy has been gone through for the United States Incorporated. And so Biden's really just a CEO of a bankrupt corporation. Yeah, he's he's just see, until he see. gets his ass kicked out of whatever. And and a lot of people have showed that he's in Culver City Studio. He's not even in DC. Man, not even a Hollywood lot like Culver, Culver City. City. <laughs> Damn, Biden really. Yeah, well, he they they running out of funds. I also briefly spoke with a book author who goes by the name Bethanon. She wrote a book called Love, Joy, Trump, a chorus of <laughs> prophetic voices. So the, the book is, oh, a, uh, is a compilation, let's say, and it's a, it collects a bunch of Trump-related prophecies from various authors who claim to see into the future. But it also includes some speeches from Trump itself to pat it out. Are you talking about Love, Joy, Trump? Yes, what do we have here? I wrote the book. It's all the prophecies. Oh, okay. Uh, how much does it run? 20 bucks. Huh? 20? 20. Yeah, I, got I paid 12.50 for them, so. All right. Fair I never was doing this for any money, but you're going to enjoy it because it's all super encouragement. It's all the people around the world praying for the president. Of course. And all the, um, all the 
Yeah, just all the good news, because we win, you know. Of course. We win. <laughs> good versus evil. Yeah, it's also on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and my my pillow, my store, Mike Lindell wrote the intro. Oh, did yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you tell your friends. I will, yeah. So, uh, so what, what, should, what should we expect in 2021 then? Pardon me? What should we expect in 2021? Oh, all good things. All, they, all everything to be exposed. Just all the. You know, all their lies, all their deceit, a lot of arrests, some military tribunals, taking uh, the country back with Trump being president of our republic after we've gotten rid of this incorporation of the New World Order. Yeah, all good stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much. <laughs> I'm going to die with the fucking smooth jazz just being fucking blasted by a live <laughs> band in the background of her saying shit like this. This is this is the sound of the future. Bethanon promising mass arrest, you know, as uh, as a saxophone wails in the background. The cover of the book, I can't describe the horror. It looks like a cookbook from the 70s. It, it's like these old <laughs> flowers surrounding Trump's terrifying face. His color balance is, is, is going towards the green. It feels bad. And it says Lovejoy Trump, which doesn't make any sense. It's not. There's no commas. It's not even a statement. You can't go love, joy, and then the name of someone. It doesn't. Those aren't the same categories. Mike Lindell did indeed write the intro to that book. So, uh, and he he seems to uh, you know be felt more free to be more open about yeah. his bizarre Christian beliefs. Uh, so here's a passage from that intro. I have a calling from God to support President Trump. This election is not about politics. It is about good versus evil. It is about freedom under God or slavery in a godless new world order. We must win and it's going to take all of us children of God working together, giving it everything we've got to prevail by God's almighty grace to reelect President Donald John Trump, whose name literally Literally means world leader under the grace of God who excels in triumphs. That's pretty clear, isn't it? What is, how does he get to there? Through numerology? I'm not sure exactly. Even though the attendees of the Ventura event were conspiracists, the main message mostly concerned the effort to recall California Governor Gavin Newsom. Recall efforts are very common here. Every single governor since Reagan has uh, has had recalls filed against them, and this is actually the sixth effort Newsom himself has faced. Um, even though Newsom's approval rating is between 46 and 52 percent, there's a chance this one will succeed. That's because people on the left also hate Newsom for actually legitimate reasons, not like, oh, he believes in masks. No, yeah, he, he's, he's, his, uh, his approval rating is uh, certainly on the uh, downslope at the moment. Um, there's some anger towards the governor uh, for what uh, some people see as overly restrictive lockdown orders. And there's also, you know, the people don't like his air of, uh, let's say, aristocratic indifference. He, he attended a, uh, uh, was a dinner party at the swanky French Laundry restaurant in mm -hmm. Napa Valley that was maskless while everyone else was, uh, you know, wasn't able to do these kinds of things. Yeah, he has legitimately destroyed small and medium-sized businesses. And then these people in the kind of debris of their former life uh, turn around them for answers and then some of them become QAnon. Mm -hmm. If you're making your state worse and worse and just funneling money to the richest people, I mean, yeah, whatever, man. Reap what you sow. I do hope he gets recalled. I mean, Problem is, then it'll be what? Like, what are we looking for after that? I'd take Governor Arnold, Governor take Benny Arnold Johnson back. <laughs> no, it'll be right. Benny Johnson or or Brick Suit. It'll yeah, be the Brick Suit. So what, what's going to happen is that if organizers collect the 1.5 million signatures uh, required for the recall petition by March 17th, uh, then they'll force a special election. So if that happens, voters will decide whether or not to remove the governor, yes or no, and then vote on who will replace him. Uh, so this has happened once before in 2000. 
2003 when Governor Gray Davis was recalled and replaced with um, uh, Governor Schwarzenegger. Mm. And actually, I have a small personal connection with that with that effort. So I gathered signatures oh for that. I did. Uh, but but it wasn't for political reasons. I, I did not give a shit who was governor, but I did hear that there was a guy <laughs> who was paying a buck a signature. And so I met up with this guy at a Taco Bell. <laughs> and, and did he slip you the taco under like a napkin? <laughs> he handed me the forms. He was like, collect valid signatures. I said, all right. And I went to, uh, I went to like, I, I set up like a table where there was like a high traffic in like San Marcos and stuff. And uh, I, yeah. I was able to make like a hundred bucks a day because there are lots, lots of angry people at, at Gray Davis. Yeah. Hey, so that's, that's that was good money. That was pretty good. It, it, <laughs> It was way better money. It was easier money than my previous job, which yeah. is working at Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I went. I went back to the Taco Bell, and he would like pay. He would pay out cash. I'm not even 100 percent sure how legal this was. I assume it was. I don't know. I Definitely not legal. So, um, anyways, <laughs> other than like admitting to crimes here, and to being living proof that fi- that material conditions can push one to make decisions that, <laughs> that go against one's own ideologies. <laughs> So did you also eat at the Taco Bell? Of course, Bell? of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I also, I also, oh. I took the cash I got and just immediately <laughs> bought some Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah of great. course. <laughs> yeah, of course. You give the, the the thing of signatures back to the guy. You're already in the fucking Taco yeah. Bell. You got f- pocket full of pocket full of Skrilla now. Like, what are you gonna do with All it? All fucking day, Travis is just watching people approach the desk, and he just sees them as giant tacos. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. One more. After the band played some cover songs, the first speaker took the stage to talk about all the supposed negative effects about the lockdown, including the fact that it is making us all alcoholics. How many of you are so done with this, you'd like a cocktail right now? (laughs) Welcome to the 15% additional individuals who are drinking more. Very strange format here with the call-outs. Yeah, right. Who loves booze? It's like, oh, oh. Anyways, alcoholism is a huge issue. Yeah. There's one point where, like, who's fighting with your spouse more? Like, no one was willing to cop to that. But, but like, why would you? It'd be embarrassing to admit that Who's in here with a black eye? <laughs> Whose life is just deteriorating day by day, you Woo! miserable little wretches? Woo! <laughs> who who is out of space on their Xbox hard drive? But you know, I think it was really interesting is that they they pointed out about all the ways that life really sucks now um, compared to earlier times, and and it's not that I disagree with them, but I feel like a lot of the ways uh, they sort of conflating the effect that the pandemic generally has had on people without a lot of support uh, generally and uh, the ways the lockdown has had on people. I mean, it's like, yeah, obviously li- living through a massive natural disaster sucks. The speaker also made the dramatic claim that there was a hit on her life for some reason. So thank you so much for being here. They've already tried to chase me out of town. They come and spray painted my house. I've had an imposter, I have an arrest, I've had a hit on my life for simply doing the right thing. I really wish she unpacked that a little yeah, bit more. Ooh. I had no idea what the hell is she talking who about. Who got a hit on you? And there was an imposter? What, what's going on here? Right, they have a clone of her. <laughs> before the festivities uh, really kicked off, we started with a prayer by a man named Brian Hawkins, who is both a pastor and a city council member for San Jacinto. Lord, bless this soil. Bless this land, Father, that you have allowed us to call home. For we know that we are sojourners, Father. We are in this world, but not of this world. So, Father, we proclaim this kingdom as yours. 
Father, when you said in your word, whatever we loose on earth, we loose in heaven. Whatever we bind on earth, we bind in heaven. So we bind socialism right now, Father. We bind division right now, Father. We bind racism right now, Father. We bind hatred in this place, Father. We lose love, Father. We lose joy. We lose peace right now, God, in Jesus' name. Continue to bless each and every speaker that comes here to magnify your name. You get the glory. You get the glory, Father, so we just thank you. Ryder, this is a political rally that this prayer is uh, kicking off. Finally, we got to the main event, conspiracy theorist Judy Mikovits. Uh, Mikovits is a former virus researcher who is a rock star in the conspiracy theory circles for promoting many unfounded or false claims. I mean, she people came up to her. She was signing books. People were like, oh, it's you. When she came up, when she stepped up to the stage, the crowd gathered closer to her. I mean, they really loved her more than any other speaker. Wow. Yeah, she was the headliner by far. Mikovits first got famous in 2009 for authoring a paper claiming a link between a new retrovirus and chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, the paper was later proven erroneous and retracted. More recently, she gained fame for the mega-hit conspiracy video Plandemic, which is based on her book Plague of Corruption. While the 200 or so people gathered in the park were able to hear her rantings, the broadcaster right side broadcasting cut away just as she was beginning to speak. This was a pity because it means that uh, viewers at home missed just an absolute torrent of dumb bullshit. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, Julian, he, he couldn't make it to the event with me in the, in the field, but uh, he was watching the stream at home. And uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about what uh, RSBN uh, saw and uh, how they handled uh, Migovitz coming to the stage. Sure, Travis. First, I want to get a little bit into who the hell RSBN are in the first place. So the Right Side Broadcasting Network was created by Joe Seals in mid-2015. He was a stay-at-home dad between jobs, and his YouTube channel was covered by media around that time as the first purely pro-Trump platform. RSBN hosted feeds of nearly every single one of Trump's public appearances from July 2015 onwards. A year later, they had about 180,000 subscribers, which was more than MSNBC at the time on YouTube. Their early hosts included neo-Nazi and America First leader Nick Fuentes, Pizzagate promoter Mike Cernovich, and Joe Biggs, a proud boy who was recently charged for his role in storming the Capitol. Throughout the Trump presidency, they just kept carrying that torch of MAGA, and eventually they amassed 1.48 million subscribers. They were also the only people covering this Recall Governor Newsom event. One of their guest hosts was a man who goes by Brick Suit. Now, this is the guy who got famous for dressing as Trump's border wall and shaking hands with the president at a rally. Now, it was like a red brick border wall. Doesn't even make sense. It's not how they built it, but it doesn't matter. He got big. So Brick Suit, uh, who has, by the way, publicly reposted a Q drop, like he is full on, uh, was joined by a couple of other RSBN field reporters and a team of producers back at headquarters who, and this is my professional opinion, wouldn't know a grounded audio cable if it whipped them in the eye. Worse than the absolutely dog shit audio, the RSBN crew was in constant fear that one of the speakers at the event would promote something that would get them deplatformed on YouTube. I mean, a million and a half subscribers are on the line here, basically. So as a result, they had to cut away to field reporters who attempted to speak over her. And what you won't see, they're looking at, at Judy and then the camera just starts to pan like almost 180 <laughs> degrees until it reaches Brick Suit and, uh, and this other field reporter. Really, it's a simulation of turning away from a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. I don't want anything to do with this. So we have another wonderful guest speaker, Dr. Judy Mikovits. And she, yeah, some of you know her, don't you? 
don't you? She's got this fantastic book. I'm holding it right now. I bet you can get a copy from her. The Plague of Corruption. You don't want to hear me. You'd like to hear her. All right. Thank you, Jay. Thank you all for being here. Yeah, and many of you saw, as many as a billion people around the world saw the promotional video for this book, Plague of Corruption, called Plandemic. Why did we call it Plandemic? Because this book, Plague of Corruption, was finished in the summer of 2019. All right, we're going to jump in here Bobby real quick. Kennedy wrote a brilliant go a few things that we had, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of things I'm hearing is people were angry about the lockdowns in this state. You know, obviously businesses are suffering. That seems to be a big concern right now. So just a massive failure. And as you could hear in the clip, Judy's voice was just too powerful for Brick Suit. It was like you could just hear her screaming over everything, the fury in this woman. And so the producers ended up just cutting the stream audio completely. And then the producer had to step in from headquarters to fill the dead air so then it's just his words floating over these silent images of the small crowd just a disaster if you're a broadcaster um, you know all of that the the crackdown on churches is a huge thing for a lot of people yeah incredible and stuff that i remember learning about in school that i thought this this sounds made up this will never happen this could never happen i mean to stop everyone from going to church and worshiping the All right, everybody. Uh, Joe back here at the studio. Uh, just wanted to uh, break in here because we've seen some of the comments. Look, we're very uh, upset that it's come to this in our country where we have to uh, pan away from the speakers and talk. It's just simple. I'll tell you, we've worked way too hard um, to have our platforms taken away. This is why we are moving to other platforms uh, very soon, because if we let this speaker speaker talk right now we will lose our youtube uh, channel they will take this video down we already have one strike against us because of something that alex jones said which was out of our control we're not going to risk that um and it's it's unfortunate we are uh known for just letting people talk and letting you decide uh, but in these times we need to stay uh, on the air. The whole thing was a disaster and they bled viewers pretty steadily because it was just choppy, bad audio. It's still not clear to me if they deliberately made the audio crappy for the rest of the speeches or if they're simply just terrible at their jobs of broadcasting. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because RSBN has literally sold Q-themed coins on their network in the past, just openly hawking Q gear and stuff like that. So I don't know. What is the future for RSBN? We'll see. But uh, they were there and they captured Travis so many times. So if you want to go, did. go find, they go play a game, around. play a game of uh, where's Waldo. So Judy Mikovitz might have been too hot for uh, RSBN, oh. but we're going to play some clips of what what uh, she said that that I captured. Of course, we're going to do it responsibly because she is a maniac. She is literally a walking uh, public health uh, crisis. She's mm -hmm. awful. So first up, she got, came really hot out of the gate by claiming that AIDS was not caused by the virus HIV. This is already insane misinformation that has literally killed people. Since the 80s, these viruses have been contaminating vaccines and the blood supply. Oh, and they said HIV caused AIDS. They knew HIV didn't cause AIDS, that it was the vaccines driving the AIDS epidemic and pushing HIV through the infected communities. 
They knew this. They covered it up. Absolutely. What? Wow. Vaccines Holy caused sh- HIV? That, yeah, back, vaccines caused, yeah, <gasps> yeah, 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 nothing. No, HIV didn't cause AIDS. It was the vaccine, she what said. Yeah, fuck? right. Yeah, this is uh, this is part of like, yeah, there's there's a conspiracist community who are uh, HIV AIDS denialist. It's, it's really stupid. So Very HIV strange. was first discovered in 1983 by a team of scientists at the Pasteur Institute in Paris. Uh, they did this by, uh, by examining uh, a biopsy from a 33-year-old patient with symptoms that can precede AIDS. Subsequent research from scientists all over the world strengthened the evidence that uh, HIV causes AIDS, and now it's, it's, it's simply a, a scientific, accepted scientific fact. Um, in 2008, that French team was awarded with the Nobel Prize for the, their discovery. So, uh, again, like I said, I, this is really, really chilling stuff because uh, this denialism has literally led people who uh, might have survived uh, uh, having an HIV infection to not get treatment, to not take the antivirals that, that can uh, be very effective in prolonging their life. And this led to them uh, getting AIDS unnecessarily. So it's very, very ugly stuff. Mikafitz went on to promote even more medical misinformation uh, by absurdly claiming that all vaccines lead to injury, and about half of those injuries were severe enough to warrant legal action. Now, this is, I think you could know, is false simply through personal experience, you know. <laughs> yeah. So they want you to think these vaccines, that there's no compensation, in compensatable injury. One in a million is what they tell you it is. One in a million. It's more like one in two. It's more like one in two. Every single person has a has a from every single shot has injury some of them deadly and the more shots they get as they mandate them on you as they mandate them on our infants more and more of our infants have um autoimmune diseases autoinflammatory diseases i mean she sounds like she's on autopilot i mean yeah Just... <laughs> yeah she was like i mean she's like uh really good at the gish gallop she stand she stands up there with her microphone and she just screams breathlessly one conspiracy theory uh, after another more lots and lots of me- medical information it's just an endless just bile just streaming out of her throat so I have no idea what the hell she's talking about there, but we actually, in truth, have a lot of data regarding the correlation between adverse effects and vaccination. The CDC and the FDA, they run a program called the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and it collects data about any adverse effects that people experience, even if there's no evidence that those events are at all related to the vaccine. So you can pour through the, uh, you know, the, the raw data yourself, but uh, just just for if we were just taking an example from COVID vaccinations, uh, between December 14th and January 13th, there were more than 13.7 million vaccine doses administered and uh, about 6,994 reports of adverse of events following the vaccination. So the most frequently reported symptoms were headache, dizziness, and fatigue. And again, that doesn't mean that the vaccine caused these symptoms. It's just that the symptoms were reported by healthcare providers or the public after the vaccinations. But even then, this demonstrates that her claims about all vaccines leading to injury is just cuckoo bananas, not of this planet. Absolutely insane. It's bizarre. It's like bizarre. I I feel like even these conspiracists, they have to feel insulted by hearing this. I'm surely all of them have had vaccines and all of them have had vaccines which did not lead to any uh, adverse effects as we all have. Well, I don't know. They ended up there. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're probably in their head thinking like, wait a minute, I've gotten a couple vaccines. And then they're like, 
Damn, I must have been one of the lucky ones. I'm really lucky those vaccines. Yeah, and by then she's already talking about some other shit, so you can move on. Like your brain is already like, okay, you just caught the next train. Yeah, yeah, that's true, <laughs> and that's why she's got to do the gish gal. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. why they all, all, yeah, all because of the, a lot the of big, it is like the big dogs. Moment. You know, the big yeah. dogs. Yeah, if you give them like uh, you know ten seconds to to even start to contemplate, I mean, there's a chance of losing people. So mm-hmm. you really just gotta you know power through. Momentum is important. Mikovits then her voice rising to crescendo claims absurdly that masks harm your immune system. The masks are creating global warming in your own body. You're breathing your own toxic CO2. You're destroying your immunity. And worse, the worst are those paper blue masks, which are sprayed with Teflon and pesticides and come straight from China. They're against Prop 65. Gavin Newsom's breaking his own law. They cannot be mandated. Neither can these vaccines. Take them off. Take them off. Take care of your God-given immune system. We have God-given, we're wonderfully and fearfully made. And we have to take all of these things off. So that really breaks down like why they don't believe in any of these medical kind of interventions. They think that God has made our bodies perfect and changing anything is just a disaster. Do they not realize that your God-given immune system was killing you at, like, age 35 for, like, most of history? And it wasn't until the introduction of modern science that people started living longer and were able to fight diseases uh, that normally, uh, you know, would be a death sentence. That's very blue-pilled of you. (laughs) There's obviously no evidence that wearing a mask leads to inhaling a toxic level of CO2. In fact, there was a study published in the Annals of the American Thoracic Society in July of 2020 that examined uh, this very question. Uh, It's titled Effect of Face Masks on Gas Exchange in Healthy Persons and Patients with COPD. So it studied people wearing surgical masks while walking around, and it found no significant changes in carbon dioxide in their breath nor oxygen in their blood when compared to walking without a mask. A lot of the parts of what you said were boring, though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> she she has a lot more exciting speaker order, let's say. Yeah. I, with her, it's kind of like, yeah, take up your weapons. Right. With you, it's kind of like different acronyms no and- no there's this study that that's not quite that's not quite true miss mikovitz i am afraid. she just blasts you yeah. with a giant fireball <laughs> <laughs> he didn't die so yeah she was a very forceful ranter the vitamin d from our son you cripple that when you wear a mask you cripple that when you get any shot ever so oh what did we hear oh now more than ever get the flu shot Oh, now more than ever, wear the mask. Well, your mask doesn't protect you. My mask doesn't protect me. My mask makes me sick. Your mask makes you sick. And you're spitting that virus. You're spitting that virus to people. You think you're helping them. You're making them sick. You're driving this plague of corruption, this pandemic. We have to wake up and take back our rights to, to breathe the air. Because they got so many of you to wear that mask, don't go in that store that won't let you in. She's uh, really toned it down since pandemic. Yeah, right. Don't go in that store. Order on Amazon.com. And Plandemic too, right? There was a sequel to that, too. She's, yeah. she's, she's a hard worker. 
and a hard screamer. So again, she's just talking out of her ass. Uh, There's overwhelming scientific data supporting the efficacy of masks, both in protecting others and protecting the wearer. A July study published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine found that wearing a mask reduced the amount of virus to which one is exposed. If an individual uh, in that scenario uh, did contract COVID-19, then they would uh, likely have a mild disease or be asymptomatic. Of course, there is also in her speech uh, the return of the claim that the drug hydroxychloroquine was a cure for for COVID. Again, uh, I was so bizarre. I really thought that this that this bullshit would die down after Trump got COVID and then wasn't treated with hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. They would have noticed that surely the president would take the uh, uh, treatment if it was effective. And it's just not. I don't know. They keep powering through despite that. Mm-hmm. Take your money away from Amazon that censors our products. It won't let us have natural healing therapy. Vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, they're simple, simple, cheap things to do to stay well forever from this virus and the next one down the line. Again, more stay well forever. Right. That stay, is, stay well forever. You're right. Sounds like she's going to kill you. All right. <laughs> she will. She's going to kill people in that crowd. There are people in that crowd who's going to listen to what she said and believe her and they're going to die or get other people sick because of it. It's really horrendous what she's doing here. I agree. She then started claiming that hospitals weren't actually testing for COVID and that all COVID tests were actually flu tests or something. But these criminal hospitals over here won't even test. Everything's COVID and they're getting paid for it. The test, the test is fraud. When you sequence the middle of that product, it's influenza A and influenza B. Diagnostic labs across this state have thousands of samples, not a single SARS-CoV-2. Every one of them, influenza, influenza. It's the, it's the Trump drunken style. It's a new type of kung fu, Travis. <laughs> it is. It's very effective because, yeah, I was like, she doesn't cite anything. She doesn't give any specific examples. Mm-hmm. She, like, rattles out just an absolute torrent of bullshit one after the other in this this screaming confident style. Mm-hmm. Now, next, she started talking about Dr. Simone Gold, the founder of the pro-hydroxychloroquine organization America's Frontline Doctors. Dr. Simone Gold was actually billed to speak that day, uh, but she couldn't make it. And possibly the reason was that she was arrested for participating in the Capitol riot. Uh, so it's not it's, it's actually it's not disputed at all that Gold was, in fact, in the Capitol during the riot. She was captured on video um, and in uh, and, uh, and uh, there are pictures. Um, but um, so Mikovitz is going to but cop, cop to that, right? No, she's no. She say, still still thinks that this is all uh, basically illegitimate, uh, corrupt uh, prosecution that that uh, Dr. Simone Gold is facing. I did not see this one coming. Yeah. So a Christian rally, that's a very, I guess, a creative way to describe the events of January 6th. Well, if Donald Trump has ascended to become, you know, up there in the Holy Trinity to make it a quad, 
then yeah, they were at a Christian rally. Now, after saying all of this uh, to the bafflement of those in attendance, Judy Mikovits whipped out a particular brand of face mask that she said was the only good kind. Like after saying that masks like killed you, made you your your CO2 kill you or whatever. What? So there's one mask that is safe. None of this is legal. There's one mask that I know of that is safe. This is a silver copper mask um, from a company called True 47. This is antimicrobial. This is antiviral. Does, doesn't explain how it avoids any of the like issues about like that she was totally making up about like how it how how uh, global masks warming? create global warming in your own body yeah. or whatever. The global south is your penis. <laughs> it's 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 she's careening from one thing to the other. She's, she's contradicting great. herself, mm-hmm. and she's like, just talking faster than any uh, you know uh, stable mind could possibly keep up. Mm-hmm. Our next speaker for the day was a chiropractor and former Marine who goes by the name Dr. Cordy Williams. Not a medical doctor, to be clear, uh, but that's what he goes by. Uh, His origin story was that after the pandemic hurt his business, he started speaking with a megaphone at protests all over California. And uh, some of the videos of him speaking went viral. So that inspired him to found the organization 1776 Forever Free, which uh, appears to be mostly a sort of a protest, nonprofit, and also merch store. I wasn't clear what they did exactly. Cordy Williams mostly promoted like a boilerplate, a patriotic rhetoric, a reverence for the military, and complained about uh, Governor Newsom. But then he started doing what, like what I sometimes call terrorist edging. So this is where he kind of like hints at that pro- possibly violence will be a necessary solution. But then he explicitly states that he's not promoting violence. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to fight, fight tooth and nail. And I'm not inciting violence, but I am inciting constitutional resolve. What office are you gonna run for? And maybe just get a little bit more pissed off too. Maybe maybe motivate yourself just a little bit to lean in. If you know your second amendment, great. If you don't, learn it. Am I inciting violence again? No, I'm not. I wanna be very clear about that. But if you read the constitution, it's very clear that we have the right to bear arms to protect our family and defend ourselves against a tyrannical government. Against a tyrannical government. And we've got one of those in California right now. So I'm not promoting violence, but also we have the right to protect ourselves with violence against a tyrannical government. Also, the the government of California is a tyrannical government. He wants you to do the math. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cordy, of course, also got around to complaining about the threat of roving pedophiles. Allowing pedophiles to run free. This is what we're talking about. And this is in the legislation. Because we become a godless country and we become a godless state. And whatever your opinion is about that, the moral fibers and ethics of our country, what shapes our kids, is being marked and influenced by our laws. It's being marked and, flu- marked and influenced by the three megaphones, education, media, and Hollywood. And so if we don't level up now, just like that Rocky movie said, there is no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That is something. I think you might have even broken Jake's brain, and he's used to this kind of bombastic uh, collage of shitty cliches. Just like the Rocky movie. At the end of his speech, Cordy Williams hit the crowd with a devastating piece of his life story. His father died in the military when he was just 12 years old. Keep coming to rallies like this. Bring five more people, 10 more people. Share one more post. Because at 12 years old, I saw this flag folded up in a triangle, and my hero, the guy that always took a stand in my life, 
said to my grandmother and me, on behalf of a proud and grateful nation, the United States Army, and the President of the United States, we commend you for your husband's service to our country. And they handed that flag to me and my grandmother. And that was all we had to walk away with. That was all we were left with. 17,046 times the last 10 years that's happened. And the question is, are we going to continue to allow these socialist anti-Americans to penetrate every fabric of our culture and send our boys and our girls to die for China, for oil? And that's why we've got to get leadership back in like Donald J. Trump. This is like a combination of heartbreaking and he's just so lost. I mean, when was the last time that a socialist in America advocated for war? It's just not a thing. Eugene Debs, not known for his war stance. Fucking Bernie Sanders, not really known for loving war. It's just, I don't, I'm, you know, I mean, I think words like socialist and Marxist at this point mean nothing in America. Right, Less right, than right. nothing. They, they're, they're just buzzwords. Bizarre cudgels. It's like Antifa. They've, they've managed to make the word anti-fascist into some sort of weird uh, totem. And it's very strange what America does with language because what they do is they they will like kind of live rewrite the language. And Trump kind of uh, is good at this. The way that he took fake news from something that they were accusing him of and created an entire movement behind it until those words were entirely associated with himself. And I think this transformation of language and, you know, even memes like something like Pepe, like that is such a fascinating thing that America does more effectively and quicker than I think any other country or any other culture. Yeah. I mean, we can also see this with the way that cancel culture was already right. started out as a meaningless kind of concept. Now Somehow, it means sending you to the gulag. Yeah, right. <laughs> it literally means like executing you in the public square but for now, like a, now an anti-Marxist it, Somehow sentiment. it includes, uh, what is it, the disclaimers that are used in a handful of episodes of The Muppet Show that have been recently released yeah. on Disney+. Plus. Like. Yeah. How are how are disclaimers? I mean, that what disclaimer content disclaimers, which have been used throughout the history of media. So now uh, cancel culture in the state of Maine, there were people on the far right having these discussions about attacking and trying to shut down this vaccine clinic that is uh, giving vaccines because they were convinced that Marxists had infiltrated it and were using it to like you know, harm or kill people and stuff like this. So, you know, these words really, they're interchangeable, right? Pedophile, Marxist, whatever it is. It's some sort of idea that, you know, this is this is other, it's demonic. It's actually- And Democrat, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, but they, they they have to change it. Well, but you'll often, you'll often hear them say, you know, these Democrats, Satanist, Marxist pedos. That's it. They'll, they don't, they'll they say don't it even, all in the same thing. They very thing. rarely just say Democrat anymore. They're <laughs> always attaching socialism or Marxism to it. Almost all the time now. If you look at Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene, it's just this fucking obsession with the idea that Joe Biden is like Mao Zedong, which <laughs> the funny thing, too, you. is bless that your, like bless your mind. The only, you know, the only person that you could even uh, attribute a, a hint of socialism to, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, you know, when his um, primary bid, uh, you know, seemed to come to the end, his followers thought in some ways unfairly. He, he didn't call for war. He didn't call for this. He gladly stepped back, uh, you know, endorsed the the Democratic nominee. I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. Of course not. It's But that's it. You're just kind of creating you're creating a false enemy. And in the process, you're obliterating an entire part of the political spectrum and moving the Overton window to the right. So it's a win.
Our final speaker for the day was Joe Collins, a congressional candidate who is challenging Representative Maxine Waters. So this uh, this campaign is doomed to fail. But uh, by digging into his history, you can learn that uh, he may not care because he's kind of an unstable grifter. Court documents from the past five years uh, make this clear. Collins first entered the political arena in November of 2016 as a Republican presidential candidate challenging then-president-elect Trump. I know what I just said doesn't make much sense, but like according to an FEC form, he actually filed to be a presidential candidate that that comes from uh, November 30th, 2016. Over the next two and a half years, Collins changed political parties four times, filing paperwork with the FEC, listing his affiliation with the Democratic Party, the Millennial Political Party and the Green Party. Uh, Collins rejoined the Republican Party in February of 2019, according to an FEC filing. In December of 2017, while campaigning as an anti-Trump presidential candidate, Collins sued the San Diego Department of Child Support (laughs) Services for $100 million in damages and uh, the termination of his court-ordered child support obligations. That is amazing. Yeah, that's that's like when Ventura just changed the jet ski laws first when he got in. I love I love it. Uh, so, yeah. First up, uh, tr- what tr- what sucks about Trump is that he's letting my bitch fucking wife keep the fucking kids. <laughs> Collins represented himself without a lawyer, and his lawsuit seems to draw inspiration from the sovereign citizen movement. Uh, That lawsuit states that Collins was a living, breathing man with a soul (laughs) acting in a sovereign capacity and is the registered owner of his own self. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, So he's his own real doll. (laughs) (laughs) On those grounds, Collins declined to participate in any proceedings related to his child support payments, saying the process, quote, violates my inalienable rights as a living, breathing man. For God's sake. That lawsuit unsurprisingly died when this was uh, dismissed on appeal. In a March 2019 interview, uh, Joe Collins claimed that he was motivated to run for president because of Trump's racism and gun violence. But one of the things that got me was when when President Trump ran his last campaign, he incited so much hatred and, and violence and racism across the country, it didn't sit well with my soul. And so being in the military, we don't have too many uh, freedoms to discuss like politics or who's running for president or what you like or what you don't like about the president of the United States and those candidates. And so that was the first thing. And then the second thing was when all these shootings started happening with the, with the kids at the high schools and whatnot and at the malls and everything, um, the, the, you know, the younger generation started voicing their opinions and, and what they wanted and things that they wanted to change. And so one thing that I started to notice was that, you know, the things that, that the younger generation was asking for, my generation and generation um, below me was asking for was was being brushed off. They, they have they still have nothing, uh, no, no resolve on gun control. They still have no resolve on education, um, tuition, you know, being super high the cost of living. And so. Everything that we asked for, they brushed it off and they blamed it on the fact that, oh, you guys are millennials. You guys want things right now. You guys are lazy. You guys are this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, we're, we're failing. We're, we're not gaining the same opportunities as everybody else has. Damn, millennial rights. So, I mean, this is a guy who's at basically yes. like a far-right QAnon rally. He'll do whatever. He'll just say whatever, clearly. Really? You know, he, he's, a, he's a really a political bottom feeder who found a nice little grift in running against Maxine Waters, basically. 
So uh, at the event I attended in Ventura, uh, there was uh, unsurprisingly no criticism of Trump to be heard from him. Uh, he, he advised actually punching people in the mouth if they gave you too much attitude. And let's be as ruthless as they are. Right, we allow Democrats with their Antifa and Black Lives Matter to destroy entire cities across the United States. People follow California and that crap started here. So let's get that paper, let's fill it out, let's tell them we're not playing games. And if anybody got something to say, tell them I'm gonna put you in the mouth. And if they say, well, who told you to say it? Just tell them Joe Collins said it. Oh, wait, so I'm, I am a political candidate. Punch people in the mouth and say, I told them to. <laughs> this is not the greatest, uh, I don't think, technique. It's, this is just, he's, he's sort of boiling down to the pure message here. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically the event. Uh, music mm -hmm. played, the attendees swarmed the merch stands and bought up a lot of stuff. Right. And then uh, everyone went home. Nice. It was, uh, it was. Had a good day out. Had a good day out. That's, Tuckered. That's what I learned. So I learned that, you know. The QAnon yeah. is still very much alive. They no Q mentions on the stage, but in the crowd, it was oh, very yeah. much, very much believed in the merch merch tables, in the books that were being sold. Yeah, and again, the RSBN covering it. You know, the Bricksuit himself has uh, posted Q drop. Unofficial sponsor, you know. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think they even like. That's the thing is like they coordinated so badly because they. It wasn't just Mikovits. Other speakers, they were really unsure what they were going to say, and they were terrified of what it might be because even even if they just spent like another sentence or two promoting Judy or something like that, that could be an issue for them. Or if they even said the same kind of shit Judy was saying, they had no idea. So it's great to see the people who have fed this monster, uh, unable to control it and kind of uh, flailing at the seams and fucking up their entire production because they have created something very, very ugly. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. If you want a second episode every single week and access to all of our archives, go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Streams happen on twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous and our website is QAnonAnonymous.com for everything else. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Now, did you make that jacket yourself, by the way? No, I didn't. Um, no. You're saying that there's a store that sells a border wall jacket? I'm eating ice cream. Oh. All right, so here's what's going on with the suit. All right. The suits are made by a company that makes them in England, and they're called stag suits, and they come in a variety of designs. It's because the good nightclubs in London have a dress code that a, you must wear a suit to go in. So when a group of English lads wants to go out together and get really drunk like for a bachelor party, they wear matching suits. And these, if you think of these as being one step above a costume and two steps below actual clothing, that's about where they're at. You're so, saying that although it says suit, it doesn't say that it has to be a nice suit. Correct. All right. Correct. So they no, go out. Go out and get completely drunk and not have to worry if they ripped the seam or got their shirt, their suit dirty because okay. it was purchased at a, at a discount price solely for that night's activities. All right, fair enough. Fantastic, thank you. Yep. All right.